All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spoilers Nation After Dark begins now. Well... There was no third period comeback for the Edmonton. Oh, hi, Liam. Whoa, did I spook you there? No period, no third period comeback. Not much positive that I'm taking out of this game tonight. And Liam, what a game to do a watch along for, my dude. I was tuned in. You guys, that's what you got to do. That's like commentating a blowout. And I know Tyler's had some experience before doing U of A Golden Bear games. That was on a whole different level. As the Edmonton Oilers decided to take eight minor penalties and lose to the St. Louis Blues by a score of six to three. Hello and welcome to Oilers Nation after dark. Feels kind of dark right now. We are live from the Sports Closet Studio. Get your takes in the YouTube chat. Make sure you're subscribed. And Liam, throw down a like for us tonight because I need a pity yeah. like because I'm not feeling great after that one. What about you? Uh I am disappointing one, isn't it? I think sometimes things just aren't going to go your way. And maybe it should be realized earlier in the game. You know, Jordan Bennington makes those two huge saves off uh, of Zach Hyman. There was another good save in there too. And then the penalties just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Some of them were stupid by the refs and some of them were stupid by the others as well. But one of those nights where it didn't we didn't go their way, but sometimes going into other teams' buildings is uh, easier said than done as well. Like St. Louis is a good hockey town, like tough place to play as well, isn't it? So they've got they got a chance to bounce back on Saturday against Dallas and then down in uh, Arizona on Monday. You're not going to win them all. We just move along to the next one. And St. Louis, they're a good team. They've been great since they've got their new coach bump. 
They are a playoff team right now in St. Louis. You mentioned it's a tough building to play in. So before we get into whatever that game was, Liam, want to ask you about the watch along tonight. It looked like you had a fun time. It looked like you ate an entire five course meal during the watch along today. Is that true? Uh, yes, that is an accurate statement. I had potatoes, sweet corn, and I had salmon right out of the ocean. That was fish for me. And then I had a lovely cheesecake for dessert that was made for me on Valentine's Day. So great meal. You could argue that once I was done, that's when the game went really downhill. So my bad. Hey, it's all about accountability here, Liam. Yeah, we had Zach Lang. We did pre-gaming. Shout out Pat. He's still here behind the scenes. Pat, say hello. Hey. Yeah, there's my boy. We had Zach here. It was good vibes for the first period. He then left. And pretty much after that point, it all kind of went downhill. You had a nice revolving door of guests, though. I saw bag milk on there. I saw Tyler drinking non-alcoholic beers, which I thought was incredibly strange. And then shout out to Cameo from Chris Chalmers all the way down poolside in Arizona. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I missed the Chalmers park. That's when I went to get my salmon. But <laughs> we were hoping to get a couple others. Colby Coleman was going to come on, but I think he, he got busy. And we tried to get Low Tide, but Low Tide was uh, unavailable as well. But we're going to do another one. We were discussing maybe the uh, the Buffalo game on the road, which I think is a 10-30 game in March. And then there's a, um, what's it called? Ottawa Senators game as well. So there's a few options. We won't do any more for the rest of the month, but obviously we'll be down in Arizona doing some stuff live and then obviously the show every day and the show every game day. And we're going to be at Greta on February 24th. So why don't I sneak that plug in right now? Come on down to Greta for the Oilers Nation watch party. February 24th, doors open at 7 p.m. for the BOA. It's going to be all kinds of prizes, giving out all kinds of trivia, all kinds of games, even a free shot. When your favorite team in orange and blue scores their first goal, $6 beers, $6 pink Whitney, $10 nachos, and the time of your life included. That's a personal guarantee. Hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's not anything like tonight was, Liam, but let's get into it. Let's move along into the Greta scoring summary because Greta is the spot to watch a game in Edmonton. Enjoy any of their unreal features from incredible drink deals, delicious street food, awesome games, and, of course, the ice-cold beer. Pre, post, Friday, Saturday, it will be on February 24th. It doesn't matter. Go check out Greta. They're the best, my favorite bar in the city. Well, there was a couple goals this evening, Liam, so let's get right into it here as the St. Louis Blues got on the board first. It was Robert Thomas, assisted by Pavel Buchnevich and Nick Letty. Oh, oh, we're struggling here for a minute. We're struggling. That came out really big. <laughs> it'll do that uh liam walk me through this one what are you seeing here Stuart skinner almost had it i really i'm not gonna lie to you i reacted like he made the save i stood up out of my chair started freaking out and then one second later went oh no that that went in what'd you see here kind of left a little too open i can't see who that was on him is that nuge with him who is that? it was it was nuge i think from the other angle you won't see on this one but it looks like it deflects a little bit off bouchard as well so yeah. a bit of a broken play in a way too but you got to find that guy at the back right like robert thomas literally bumps into brian nugent hopkins before he gets to the puck so Tough way to start it. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, too, that came off an offensive zone draw that the Oilers lost. So, 
you hate it to see it when that happens. Uh, not a good start by any means. And a bit rude of Robert Thomas to go and do that, considering McDavid and Drysaddle took him in the NHL All-Star Fantasy Draft. Do you think you would have a little bit more respect for the game? Also a little rude because I'm playing against Robert Thomas in fantasy this week yeah. right now. He got a goal and two apples, and Brett Holden was sure to text me in the middle of the game and remind <laughs> me that I was playing against him. I blocked that stuff out. I didn't want to know who I'm playing against, but it did get better as Leon Dreisaitl got on the board with a power play goal. Evan Bouchard takes a slap shot out from the point. Looked like got blocked there. Connor, Pat, we were laughing at this because during the game we were – how the hell can Connor just instantly decide to throw it out that wide where Leon's office is? What do you know? It just, he's like a golfer, man. He just knocks it off the tee right there. Leon Dreisaitl gets on the board from Connor McDavid and Evan Bouchard. These two, they're two peas in a pod, Liam. Yeah, they've, uh, they've got some rhythm, haven't they? This goal was, uh, <laughs> it was funny on the watch along, like Dreisaitl just came out of the box not too long before that and should have shot the puck. Tyler was complaining about it. And then he said, he's like, man, he's going to shoot on his power play. And then he comes out and he, he does this. It was, you know, broken play, but the others took advantage with the skill that they had and tied it 1-1. Dude, you mentioned that Leon Dreisaitl play. He was legitimately in the dead slot on the rush right in front of the net and decided to do a little dumb drop pass that went to absolutely nobody. And then to make matters worse, he immediately went and took a penalty right after. That was a rough little stretch for Leon right there, but he bounces back, answers back. That's what you get with Leon Dreisaitl. And at that point, the vibes were still good, Liam. We were feeling good. You were smiling. You hadn't even had your full meal yet. So everybody was feeling good. And then... Ryan Nugent Hopkins continues his new offensive style here. He got two goals in the last game. He gets one tonight. It's McDavid on the rush, takes it kind of wide, throws it on the net. Hyman's banging away in there, but so does Nuge, and he's able to poke it past Jordan Bennington. You get a good angle at it here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins continues to, for at least now the last couple of games, he's producing 5v5. Do you think we're we're hitting the... We're hitting a little turn of the page for Ryan Nugent Hopkins right now because he's looking more like himself. Yeah, Nugent has is come around a little bit the last last while, hasn't he? But that's a simple goal. You just go to the net and you put the garbage in, right? The one I, not to sway the conversation too far away from the score in some area, but the one I'm a bit worried about, Zach Hyman, I don't know. It's just something about him right now. He seems to be not getting the puck lucky he was getting before the all-star break, I guess you could say. Like tonight, great save by Bennington twice on him. That's a bit unlucky, but new seems to be coming around whilst Hyman's just come come back down to earth a little bit, I think he's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. And once again, tonight, you just mentioned it. Jordan Bennington just stood on his absolute head this evening. He robbed Zach Hyman like three times from in yeah. close. I also laugh. If you check our Instagram, we posted it earlier today. The goal map for Zach Hyman of where he scores all his goals <laughs> on the ice. It's pretty much every single, like 30 of them right in front of the net. And then two stragglers that are just outliers. But probably empty net. Tonight couldn't get on the board because Jordan Bennington, the man just had his number. Bennington made 35 of 38 saves for a 920 save percentage. I talked to him before the game. I didn't shit on him or say anything bad because he's had an incredible bounce back year. I'm just not the biggest Jordan Bennington fan. I don't think I'm alone in that take, but hey, when a guy plays like that in front of your net, uh, I think you can kind of put up with all the stuff going on around him. But to continue with it, we move to the second period where 
What this was worse than the Detroit second period because we gave up four goals in that one, but we did tonight as Jake Neighbors continues to just all this guy does is score goals. He now has 19 on the season. The Oilers started this period just on the back of their heels, man. And once again, Stuart Skinner, he makes the initial stop. It's kind of been a theme lately where he is getting the first save, maybe one or two. This one. Just goes right out in the slot. Nobody's there to clear it. I mean, credit to Jake Neighbors. That's just a classic turn and shoot. Close your eyes and try and go for the corner. He does. The guy's a goal scorer, but I'm frustrated. Is nobody getting that puck right there? And that was a theme tonight, Liam. It was. And I've seen a, a couple of things in it being like, oh, Skinner's back to his midseason form, like not playing well. Like Skinner needs a break. It's like, the guys in front of him are doing nothing. He's making like three or four having great saves a period. Every five minutes, it feels like he's being brought into action to make these great A saves. Like your goal is only as good as the team in front of him makes him seem. And the others have absolutely screwed Stuart Skinner these last two games. And I don't think it's anything on him. I think he he's done as much as he can do. But like, uh, like Brendan says, yeah, where has the defense gone? It's a great question. I think that is what has come back to haunt the Oilers a little bit. They've lost a lot of their structure, and I don't know what it is. There seems to be a lot of frustration now when when you peel away from the action. Maybe it's just the camera work that's happening on sports now, where they show them slamming their sticks or like looking to the clouds. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think they are getting a little bit just ahead of themselves. I think is a good way to put it. And now that goal by Neighbors was a good example of it. Fight, for, fight for it. If you don't want that puck going in and making it easy for, for St. Louis and make it difficult, you know, fight for your position on the ice. Vinny DeHarnay, if you're going to take a penalty and cross-check a man in the chest where the puck is nowhere near him, like, I need on. you to be doing some cross-checks when the puck is right there and I need you to make a play. It does feel very reminiscent of the Oilers earlier this season. I brought it up on the last After Dark. Odd man rushes have started to become a theme yet again for the Edmonton Oilers, but there's people in here like Jane right now is saying we need Skinner to steal a game. I'd argue with what you just said. Stuart Skinner is doing more than enough. He's making the initial save. Sometimes the second save, it's just the puck still sitting out there, not getting cleared. I don't really think Stuart Skinner is a massive part of the problem. Let me know in the chat if you do disagree. Now, will I be honest? I said tonight, I thought this was a game where I thought Calvin Pickard would get the spot start. Skinner looked absolutely exhausted after last game against Detroit, and I wanted to save Stu for the game against Dallas. Now it's looking like Pickard is for sure going to be starting against Dallas, which, hey, Picks is in the chat. He's been nothing but nothing short of amazing so far this season. Stuart Skinner, let's kind of pump the brakes here for a bit. We were just talking about him being a top five goaltender in the league. I think it's somewhere around the 10 range if we're going to be real. But let's continue on with that second period. Let's just blast through this to get this over with. As Tory Krug gets on the board, Blues were dominating on the fourth check. They got the puck out to the Another point one. for snapshot, I do believe. Yeah, there's there's Tory Krug. You see it comes in what once happens? again. Stuart Skinner makes an initial save. No one's clearing out the front of the net. I know Stu is completely out of position there, but he makes the initial save. Lots of traffic in front. There's more than enough white jerseys to clear that puck out of the dangerous area. And you let defenseman Tory Krug come in there and awkwardly poke it on home. Liam, it's a theme. I don't know if he was on the ice there, but that would have been a great time for Vincent Dehane to cross-check somebody. 
to prevent that puck from going in again, just like same as the last goal, just make things a bit more difficult for the other team. And you might save a few pucks from going in your net. Like just too easy by them tonight. I, whoever was it, Brendan before I said the defense is just gone. It's, it's completely out of the window. I actually don't recognize this team right now in the defensive zone. It's, it's very odd how, how different things have become in this last five games since the break. It's the tale of two different teams where we talked about, could this all-star break come at probably the worst possible time? Sure. Whatever the win streak was over, we lose to Vegas, but I'm not concerned with the record. It's been the style of play that we're seeing afterwards here. And the questions again of, do you need to make an upgrade on a Cody CC? Can Vinny DeHarnay be your sex defenseman? I still do think he can, but Vinny had a rough night tonight and we will get into that one in just a bit. And finally, it's 4-2 for the Blues as Jordan Cryu, as Pat gave me earlier today. I like that one. Don't know how I never even thought of that, just to add a single letter in there. Vinny, I believe he took a very deserved, that was when Vinny took the very, very bad penalty, the cross check into the chest. Then immediately, neighbors kind of untouched in front of the net. He gets a chance. Kairu, yet again. Liam, no one there to clear the front of the net. I understand you are on the penalty kill for that one. So sure, you are down a man. It's going to be harder to do. I feel like I'm just getting deja vu here because I'm just going to say once again, they didn't clear the puck out of the front of the net. Yeah, you're obviously always at a disadvantage on the penalty kill because you have one less player, but it, that was right off the face off too. Like if I remember that one was pretty quick coming off the start of the play. So the, the forward shouldn't have been too far up the ice, should have been around there to maybe help out. So... Just three goals in a row with the exact same thing happening. Missed, yep, yep. Uh, what do they call it? Missed assignments. There you go. Missed assignments. Feels like a broken record. Somebody in here, chemo man, chemo man, said second period, you saw this coming. And that's very true. It was, it got away. And you still had like, right? You had the, the hope that this third period Oilers team, they can pull it out. I heard you and the boys actually during the third period deciding, should we live bet the comeback? I turned to bat and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that tonight. I don't feel good about that one. Well, this did eventually get on the board here. We're going to just blast through Pavel Buchnevich got on the board as well with a power play goal assisted by Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas top line. Sure. That one was on the power play as well. Those are their three top forwards. Their three top goal scorers. They continue to do what they do. And tonight St. Louis just looked like a playoff caliber team. They looked like they wanted it more. Who would have thought? Like, I can't blame Cody Cece right there. He's taking the man in front of the net. It's just tough. 97, sure, could he have checked on him? That one is just kind of an excellent pass timed in the right moment as Cece takes the forward there in front of the net. I don't know, Liam, what'd you see here? <laughs> I don't know. Just another yeah, another one, right? Like, I actually didn't realize how similar all these goals actually were. Like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> just same again, but... Buznevich is going to look great when he plays for the Oilers in a couple of weeks. So hopefully he scores a couple of them like that he for did, us. He did look pretty great tonight. What'd you think of Kevin Hayes tonight? I know you've, you've been a big Kevin Hayes pusher for the past couple of weeks. I think I would rather spend the first round pick on Kevin Hayes and Nick Dowd. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay. We're going to wait a minute for the Nick Dowd conversation. Cause boy, oh boy, we got to get back into that one. Then <laughs> let's show this last one. A good one. Oh wait, do we not I have it? I knew you were going to pump it up too. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, never mind. You can leave it to your imagination as the worm Scory Perry does get on the board for the Edmonton Oilers assisted by Brett Kulak and Connor McDavid. 
I mean, that's one bright spot, Liam. That's something we can feel pretty good about tonight. He got put on the line in the third period, I believe, with Connor and Leon. He looked good-ish. Once again, I thought Corey Perry had a good game tonight. He got in a scrap as well. Yeah. Just with the line juggling that went on tonight, I I just don't have much confidence in really anything that kind of went down. But Corey Perry, bright spot, Liam. Yeah, I thought he he did okay, didn't he? He had he had moments. I thought there was parts of the game where he faded away, but also there was difficult to get much flow in this game. The Oilers allowed eight power plays, eight penalties, right? And then what they get three themselves, maybe so eleven odd man advantages. Like it's a lot of time. That's basically that's over a period of penalties, right, from both ways. So tough to get much flow in the game and, and really get your feet into it, especially for a guy like like Corey Perry, who doesn't play on the penalty kill and gets limited time on the power play. But when he was out there, I mean, score to goal when he was with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I'm pretty sure he had a fight, but I wasn't sure because they just showed Oscar Sundquist getting off the ice for some reason. So that was great. Shout out Sportsnet for that one. Um, yeah, he was fine. I don't know. It's difficult. Yeah. I'm just reading some of these comments. It is crazy to think that like two weeks ago, this team was on top of the world. And now anyone would think we were back at the bottom and we had just lost to the San Jose Sharks. The Oilers were not good tonight by any means, but they lost to a respectable hockey team. And I get these last few games have been bad, but like, come on. Like, it's not that bad. Like, Johnny's in here saying, when is Skinner ever play like the opposition goalie? Many, many times over that 16-game win streak. In the what third period, are you watching, John? Where have you been for the last two months since like November 1st? Stuart Skinner had an incredible record, incredible save percentage. He outplayed arguably every goalie that he played against. I love that, Pat. Or was it Pat or Liam went, went in and said, John, buddy, come on. That was dude. me. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many. And it's like, I get it. Like, it's, it, tonight was very frustrating. Do not get me wrong. You should try doing a watch along the entire game once you're getting thumped. But I don't think it's that bad. Like, this, you're going to give up eight power plays. It's going to be one of those nights. Yeah, I like this. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he said, hey, drop a sympathy like for Bordy and Liam having to recap that game. I'm so sorry, boys. Yeah, this one kind of feels like more like the beginning of the season and the general mood we had. Yeah, I, I also said that. I was like, feel bad for Liam because he had to do that whole game. He's got to do after dark tonight. And then tomorrow he has to break down the <laughs> game again on Oilers Nation every day. You're going to earn your weekend, my guy. But that does it for the Greta scoring summary as the Oilers lose 6-3. to three. Hey, the over cashed again. That's, that's That was cool. great. That's, I had a... Really I took McDavid over two assists for plus 265. Here comes the money. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. money, money. Plus 265. Isn't that crazy? He had six last game, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you didn't know, well, hey, next time that's out there and I didn't know that, I expect a text in the group. I should have known that. I would have hammered down on that on Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. We didn't cash Boardsy's bankroll today because we needed the Oilers money line to be able to do something like that. But that does it for Greta scoring summary. Shout out Greta. Go check him out. (laughs) We do a lot more events as the season progresses, but let's move along here to our good, bad, and oily brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Liam, there's only one thing better than sharing memories. That's making new ones, possibly on nation vacations, because Mm -hmm. Alberta Blue Cross travel insurance protects those memories and more. 
wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Liam, I think I got a bite on someone who will drive us to the airport at 5 a.m. on Sunday. So I think I'm sure park boys. I think we're covered. Is that when we have to be there? I don't know. It's like five. Six. We'll be fine. Six. Did you say like, six? No. Yeah. We be get there at six. We'll miss the plane, buddy. We leave at seven. Oh, I thought I left at like 738. <laughs> no. Okay, we're boring people if they're not coming on the trip. We will get to the airport. We will be there safe and sound. And tonight uh. for the good, Liam. I had a tough time coming up with something. So that without further ado, I wrote question mark, question mark, question mark. And I would like the chat to help me out with this one and point out some good that you saw tonight. I see the one that I can agree with is here from Aaron. Shout out. Great name. And he's met. There's so many people right now in this chat. I'm trying to get it to go on the screen. Good. Perry fight to spark the team goal to spark the team further. Yeah. I would go with Corey Perry for the good. Could be a could be a could be something else later in the game as well. But the thing I love with Corey Perry and that veteran leadership, like Aaron says here, the fight to spark the team, all momentum had been lost in that game and that second period. And then, as you mentioned, shout out Sportsnet. I think <laughs> got in a fight because I didn't actually see any of it. I saw him dumped on the ground with his bucket kind of yeah. hanging off his head. He did get a five minute major for fighting, so we'll go with that one. He got on the score sheet tonight. Finally, he did get to play a couple shifts there with Connor and Leon at the end of the game. I thought he was good, but Liam, there wasn't much good tonight. No, that wasn't good. And Perry was okay. I thought Nurse was decent. He had his he had yep. some moments. People are saying the penalty kill went six for eight, which yeah, I guess that looks good, but I don't know. I guess the penalty kill did kill off six minutes straight penalties in the third period to give the others some chance to still give it a go. So, yeah, if you want to give it to anyone, we can give it. I'll, you know, I'll give it to the penalty kill in the third period specifically, <laughs> not the other two periods. <laughs> we got to be pretty specific with our goods on a night like tonight. But yeah, once again, the penalty kill, they, they, I guess. I mean, yeah, they had the Blues two for eight, so that's rocking at 25%. They probably played a lot more than they were used to playing as penalty killers out there because it felt like every moment of the game, the Oilers were taking another ridiculously stupid penalty. May I May I, I just would like to ask a chat. We're in, a, we're in the mode of having a conversation with him, I guess you could say. Um what a lot of people are saying Connor Brown should be out of the lineup this next game. And I don't, I'm not here to say he's been playing well by any means. I actually thought he was, he was good tonight. He had a chance that went off the crossbar. I know he took a penalty, believe it or not. That's his third minor penalty of the season. And we sit here and go, the penalty kill was uh, two, six for eight or whatever. Well, one of them, he was in the box for, I believe that was a goal that was scored. And the other one he wasn't on the ice for. So I, I understand the frustration with Brown of like, he doesn't score and all this stuff. But like what much more Connor Brown have done tonight to make you not want to send him down. Other than the fact he doesn't have a goal this season, because you may not have realized, but Matthias Yamark played tonight. And I just remembered, <laughs> Like I don't, I just don't know. I feel, and I get it. Like I am not saying that saying Connor Brown has done, had a great season and we should all be happy because he's, Playing well on the penalty kill. The guy needs to score, but like, come on. Like, I don't know. I don't think you can just sit there and blame Connor Brown for tonight. 
Dude, I think this is classic Oiler fans. And once again, don't get me wrong. I am one of you. I have been, I have picked scapegoats all the time for stuff. I just think he's the easy punching bag. You know how this works. It went from Darnell Nurse to Evan Bouchard last season or even this season. Now it's gone to Connor Brown. I think if you are watching the games, he is making positive impacts on the team. The penalty kill, I make the joke all the time. The only offensive chances Connor Brown gets are on the penalty kill. He did have that one where he rang off the crossbar at the end of the game. My heart just snapped in half when I was 28. And I was, oh my God, (laughs) because the momentum would have been entirely back on the Oilers' side. That would have had the boys on the bench absolutely roaring and rolling. It's just tonight, he's the easy guy to go at. He's a punching bag. Yes, she says it here. He's the easiest punching bag in the league. He is. And like... Look, I never said his penalty was good that he took. I mean, it wasn't a good penalty. Offensive zone behind a never. Like, again, it's not like he's a guy who does this every single night. And he's he's in, he's an option to be scratched, I guess you could say. But I don't know. I'm not sitting here thinking like, boy, oh boy, if Connor Brown was better tonight, the Oilers would have won this game. What was the final score? 6-3? Yeah. Vincent Downey went to the box four times. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I don't even think he was the reason they lost either, but it's just like, it's just one of those games. Like, let's just chill. Yeah, Mark should have just stayed out of the lineup and Gagne should have got another game, but whatever. Yeah, well, we'll see what we do with the next game there. And like you said, hey, it's a tough game. It's not your night. That's why we do group therapy sessions. Group therapy sessions. Need a session on how to learn how to talk right now. And that uh, we can all kind of vent together and we'll talk it out. We'll be better for Saturday. We'll move along from there. But Mm. the good comes the bad. This, it's the penalties. It's so obvious. You cannot take eight minor penalties in a hockey game and expect to win that game. And the thing is, tonight, the Edmonton Oilers outshot the St. Louis Blues 38 to 30. They were on the penalty kill eight separate times. One of them was a four-minuter that went down. That was crazy. I just tonight, you there's no chance that you can win a hockey game when you do that. I feel like I'm talking to like my 11-year-old nephew when he goes out on the ice or something like that. I know the Blues didn't have the most efficient power play, so I don't necessarily want to put the penalty kill in the bad tonight. It's just a fact of taking all these penalties. And you mentioned it. Vinny DeHarnay took four separate penalties. He yeah. took one that was an elbow and then for good measure decided to keep yelling at the ref and get an unsportsmanlike as well. And I know the game was kind of done at that point, but it also wasn't where, you know, if Connor yeah. Brown took that one, you could have been alive again. Most of the penalties tonight were stick infractions where you can't paint it all in the same brush. I tend to think of those as lazier penalties, a good stick infraction right there. I don't know. What did you think about it? Some people in here were chirping the refs being like, how can it be so one-sided? When Vinny DeHarnay cross-checks a dude straight in the chest in the blue paint and the puck is nowhere near, I don't know what you can say about the referees on that one. Liam, what do you think of all the penalties? Uh, well, Calgary just allowed a goal against San Jose, so 4-2 San Jose right now against Calgary in the sad dome. Um, I thought the penalties... <laughs> were inconsistent. I, I what I mean by that is you look at um the one dry side I'll talk. I think you know he got called for a trip. I think he kind of took the guy out of the boards. And then at the end of the game when they scored on the internet, a very similar thing happened to dry side. Or was it maybe a soft call? Yeah, but it was also a soft call on dry side earlier in the game. And I just think when you've called so many against one team, I was surprising to not see a bit of a 
a greasy one called for the Oilers for this game management we always talk about. I think Vincent DeHaney is someone who obviously likes to walk the line, but I don't think he's like a dirty player by any means. But the penalty you took against Robert Thomas was unnecessary, but I like the aggression in front of your net. But it needs to be the right spot. I thought the elbow in was a bit harsh. Be there, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but the the elbow in, like that sucked. It, was he was an elbow. Just, it, it was. Is that sorry? It wasn't an elbow. I'm no, saying no. that when, when I saw it live, I thought it was. Then the replay, I was like, I don't really see where that was. Somebody else pointed in here. The refs need to be able to take a quick chirp. I don't know what was said, so I can't necessarily. It does look like Vinny yells at the refs all the time. But also when Vince, when Vinny went to the the penalty box for his first penalty, he's chirping the ref the whole way. Like the frustration is there, but also show your mouth, you know, like it's frustrating. I get it. But like, if it's the first, they just scored again, five, two, five, two San Jose. Um, And I just Vinny, like, keep it quiet, man. Like, come on. I don't know. It was just a frustrating evening. I could tell, you could tell by the players, but Taking eight penalties, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, this is getting a little ridiculous now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I agree. Some people in here. Matthias Janmark is in the chat saying that Vinny needs to sit. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> he needs to sit for one. Where's the accountability when shit goes bad? I just don't know if you can't. I'm not taking Vinny out of the lineup at all. He's too good on the PK. And frankly, I don't really trust Philip Roberg as much as I do Vinny DeArnay. But that's enough on the bad. Let's move ahead to the early. a good point. You could have just given him a 10 instead of the extra two. That's a good point. I never even considered that. I also never thought of that. Shout out Sean Horkoff. Just kidding. That's Sean H. But uh, (laughs) we're going to go to the oily here. It's similar to the good there. But guess what we have for this one? Because my producer is so on the ball. Shout out, Pats. 
We got the Corey Perry. I thought Corey Perry getting on the board tonight. This is the oily. It has to be. It's one of the few bright spots. It took him six games as an Edmonton Oiler to score a goal. And I believe I did the math. This was Connor Brown's 43rd game. So that's 37 less games it took the 36-year-old to get on the board this evening. I like Perry's game tonight. We said it. He was a pest. The fight was big. It's nice to see him get on the board. Somebody mentioned it here that earlier in the game. Do you remember? I think it was the first period, like the first goal of the game, and it was called off the Oilers. Oh, yeah. it. I thought, I believe it was Tory Krug. I think Tory Krug pushed Corey Perry into the net, or at least there was enough there. I know it was very early in the game, so I don't I don't necessarily need them to challenge it. Like, I understand it, but I don't know. What would you think of the first one? Oh, nice. We got it right here. I think Corey Perry went into the blue paint on his own. However, I don't think Tory Krug allowed him to leave the paint. But I think you're just at a massive disadvantage when you're the one who initiated the contact by going into the blue paint. So I'm kind of 50, 50 on it. BM and I were talking about it too on, on the watch along. I think, it, I think it could have gone either way, but I'm not like disappointed that they didn't challenge it. But Knobloch is, he doesn't have a good, I guess it's not him. It's whoever the video coach is now, but he doesn't have like an eye for this stuff right now. There's been three times that it seems like the others could have challenged one and, one time they did it and I didn't think they should have. And then they got a penalty. And then another time they didn't challenge it. And I think they should have. So they got to find a bit more consistency there, I think. But I, I'm not sure. What does the chat think? Does the chat think that that should have counted? Because I am, uh, I don't know. I, mm. I can understand why they didn't challenge that. I mean, of course, Matthias Eckholm was going to say his goal in the first period was good. He's a loyal man. He's a team man. But yeah, you mentioned that with the challenges. All I heard right there is I miss Jeremy Cooper. That's yeah. what I miss. The man was fantastic. And you don't know how much that can really affect the game until you don't have it anymore. Anything else for Oily? I mean, hey, maybe the challenge, non-challenge could have been the Oily. It was a rough night tonight, but that'll do it for the good, bad, and Oily brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. So then that means we move along to our hot performers brought to you by oh, Dorda. Brought right to your door by DoorDash. Because DoorDash has an amazing selection of local gems and the staples you need in a hurry, too. You can try something new or get your favorite comfort dish delivered right to your door. Liam could have DoorDashed that cheesecake and it still would have been fresh. You tasted absolutely beautifully. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. So tonight for my hot performer, I did kind of want to go in a different way, and that's why I laugh now looking at the chat and who they've picked as their scapegoat. A, Connor McDavid is your hot performer. The man got three assists yet again. He's climbing up on Nikita Kucherov. We had a meme earlier today. It's the rearview mirror that says objects and mirror are closer than they appear. And it's Connor McDavid with Cooch driving another three point night tonight for him. I thought he was fantastic, but that's Connor McDavid. And the funny part is I wanted to use the word hot very loosely. And I was going to say that Connor Brown was my hot performer tonight. He didn't get on the score sheet, but I thought he affected the game multiple places for eight penalties. He was on the ice a fair amount on the PK. He rang one off the post and a beautiful chance in tight. I thought he had a number of chances 
maybe I'm just kind of want to make him the hot performer tonight because this might be the only time I can actually say this all season. But I thought I thought he was good enough. What do you have? Two pims, one shot on goal, two block shots, 12 and a half minutes. For 12 and a half minutes, I thought he was he was hot enough. I'll say that. Yeah. I'm going to give my hot performer to Jordan Binnington. I think oh. his performance in the first period was basically the reason why the others didn't win. Is that fair to say? I think if Hyman gets that goal, then you're well on your way. So I'll give it to Binnington, give a bit of credit to, to St. Louis. I thought he did a he did a really good job tonight. Yeah, some people Sorry, in here. Ryan Nugent Hopkins says, hot me. So that's good there. I saw Zach Hyman says that the hot was Ekholm tonight. Yeah, I thought Matthias Ekholm had a pretty good game. He was physical. Right. He even stepped up in the rush on sometimes as well. Some people, Nuge is back. RNH. Yeah, some people here talking. Yeah, they thought RNH had a good game. I would agree with that. Somebody here says DR was noticeable for the first time in a long time. I don't know. What did you think of Derek Ryan tonight? I can't say I noticed that much. He had that great chance in the first period. Oh, yep, yep. Which should have gone in the back of the net. But again, another good save by by Bennington. I don't know, man. Like that that fourth line is becoming a problem, isn't it? I know we've kind of praised Brown a little bit here for his, his work on the penalty kill, but the five on five along with Ryan and Yamark, like they're pretty much non existent at this point. Like I wonder if it's worth just when does Lavoie just get a chance, right? Lavoie, like Hamlin, at least like when Hamlin was here, he was a bit more noticeable. I just think Derek Ryan's a winger now. I think you got to play him on the wing. I think Derek Ryan as a center is an experiment I don't want to be a part of. Waz, cover your ears right now because I'm going to not say something great about Derek Ryan. That guy is your 13th or 14th forward, in my opinion. The legs aren't there. He's playing center sometimes. His body just simply shouldn't be. And frankly, you just mentioned him. I would rather watch James Hamblin in the 4C role than Derek Ryan night in, night out. You know what you're getting with James Hamblin. Don't get me wrong. Derek Ryan, I love you. Please come coach the U of A Golden Bears. If you're done and you retire, I think that would be a fantastic role for you. Stay in the city. I just, I don't know. I'm starting to run out. You mentioned that fourth line, Connor Brown included. My hot performerness is pretty much Connor Brown on the PK. That's when he gets all his chances. That fourth line is a black hole of offense, man. It's where offense goes to die. Like nothing happens. I know DR had a chance tonight, but it's been all too familiar. And I like that you went with Jordan Bennington for your hot performer. Cause that's fair. The man was pretty damn good tonight. I said he had 35 saves on 38 shots. Move along though to my cold performer. I'm going to go with it. We already mentioned it, so maybe you have somebody else, but it has to be Vinny DeHarnay for me tonight. I thought he had a brutal game. He looked pissed off. He looked rattled. Sure, the penalties were not great, four of them. Some people in here said the only one that they thought really could have been called was the cross-check to the chest. That one, yeah, that one was pretty brutal right there. Right there. The unsportsman, like we just mentioned, that we don't need to go over it again. It's not great. I understand it. He's a he's a competitor and he's a big boy. He gets in there and he's a physical game. Maybe I just need him to be less with the stick infractions for other cold performers tonight. I don't know. Who do you got? Cold performer. Um, Evander Kane. I thought was quiet. Yeah, he was quiet, wasn't he? He's, he has like games. I was, I'm just going to say the second period in general. 
I think all of it was just brutal. The penalties that were taken, the defensive play, like the two on ones are just continuously allowed. Like they've just really gone away from what they were. And I'm going to say that I'm going to give a, another cold performer, which I don't can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to, I don't like what Chris Knobloch has done since coming back from the break with his lines. I feel like a lot of chemistry has been broken up for no reason. And it's getting to the point where it's becoming now is like we've seen this a few times now with the coaches that have come in and like put their foot down and be like, no, this is how we're going to do it. And we're not seeing McDavid and Drysaddle play together for like games now. We've seen it a little bit, but not as much. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like a lot more people are getting erased out of out of games now because of the way the lines are being structured. And I would just like to see that get a little tightened up. I felt like with Jay Woodcroft, it was the line blender during the game that would tend to switch it up all the yeah. time. Like you didn't know who was coming out shift after shift. It was just, I was just guessing for this, at least with Nobby, he seems to be changing him up before the game, but then tonight, even, and I don't blame him tonight. They didn't have it. They make a switch during the game, kind of throwing Corey Perry with 97 and 29. It's a weird feeling. Cause you're right. It felt so set. I mean, it all started. We played 28 consecutive games with the same D pairings and then decided to change all three of them at the same time. I know we're back to the same pairings, but I do feel like that kind of messed with the the vibes and the feng shui of what was going on on the back end. Not about that. There's one point I do want to bring up because we haven't mentioned it in a really long time, almost entirely since Nobby's been here. Liam, would you consider going 11 and seven soon? No. Yeah, I no, I, I I wouldn't. I I I don't know. I I really just think they found something when they had the four lines actually rolling. Like they made it seem like the things were going. And I know we've mentioned like that fourth line is a bit of a black hole right now. Like Greg has said down on Owen every day today as well. But like I don't know. There was also a time when Derek Ryan, Hamlin, and and Sam Gagne were going out there and playing like important minutes for this team early in that 16 game run and maybe even more towards the eight games win streak they had as well and i would just like to see them get back to that a little bit and and have some guys out there like for me yamark and just isn't doing a lot of anything and and brown yes he's a good penalty killer and he's effective there but like if you like maybe it's just time to call up guys like hamlin and lavoie and you know, Greg has said on our show today, they have no identity on that fourth line. Well, maybe you can make it a kid line and have a little fun with it that way. Because at least that has some identity. So I don't know. There's, I wouldn't go 11 and seven. I just, I don't like the idea of just Broberg just sitting there yeah. doing nothing. You know, I like, I like this point here from Braden Showtime in here. Where is that one? He said, oh, he the fourth Broberg would play as a 7D would not be worth taking a forward out of the lineup. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, 11 and 7, it worked with Woody. I guess that means you get more Connor and Dry. Like, we know that that's a good thing. I liked what we had when James Hamlin was in the lineup, but you mentioned the fourth line, no identity. They're not physical, they're not fast. They don't produce. They don't play overly great defense. They're kind of just out there. And on pregaming, I laughed. I said, because I've been calling the third line, the cardio line. Matias Jammer gone around literally haven't done anything. So maybe they should be the cardio line in reality. Um, anything else here? A couple people saying they miss Sam. They want him to be back in the lineup. Trade Yanmark. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't wouldn't trade. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron, I didn't hear you. That I spoke over you. I said you're just sending Yanmark down. You're not trading him. No one wants that's, him. That's the thing, right? With with Yanmark and and Brown, you send those. There's no point in you don't want to trade those guys because when the playoffs come around and someone inevitably gets hurt, at least if those guys are in Bakersfield or at least one of them. You can call them up and you have extra layers of depth there, right? That's what you're going to need once you get to the postseason. So I wouldn't trade any of them. I think this would be a weird statement for people to hear. I think there's a way better chance that you can get Matias Janmark through waivers than Connor Brown. But I I think ultimately neither of them would get claimed, but I think you're on less of a risk with Janmark. I don't think anyone would want to take his $1 million cap. He's literally $1 million for one goal right now. So I... (laughs) I don't know. There's there's a lot of things going on, and they've just seemed to have gone away from it. Like, do you remember when they sent down Dylan Holloway to play center, and then we've seen it once, and it was against Calgary, and he had a great game, and then we just haven't seen it again. It's just weird. I don't know what's going on. I think uh, someone put in the chat here before. I believe the name was Angie. It scrolled away from me now. Sorry, but they they asked, "Is like, do you think? Yeah, it was. Do you think they're like showcasing what the?" these players are well if they are they're doing a terrible job of it so they should stop (laughs) and like i get the idea of showcasing but i'm like we also still have to win hockey games to make it into the playoffs i don't need the i don't know advertising of these players to kind of become more of a priority than actually winning games and putting out a good lineup uh what do you think of dylan holloway tonight that's my last question about tonight's game i thought he was fine i I don't know. Again, I just thought it was difficult to get any flow in the game. Yeah, you know, I, I'm. Sh- I don't even know. I'm. We should see him again on that second line a- against Dallas is the next game, right? He he got that penalty early in the period where uh, in the first period where he, he drew a trip by using his speed. I think Holloway can be useful on Drysaddle's line because he plays with that speed that like Fogel and McLeod both played with. So yeah, I, I thought he was okay. I just kind of lost track of him as the game went on. I thought he was very noticeable and good to start the game. And then kind of like everybody else, it just Just dwindled in that second period and everything started to fall apart. But I agree. He deserves the thing I hope with Nobby is if you're going to give him one game, you got to give him an extended look up there. I need four or five games on Leon Dreisaitl's wing to really know what we have because we know Leon loves to play with the guy who can push the pace. Dylan Holloway can push the pace. I also point out to Pat, Dylan Holloway has his stick straight up in the air more than any other player I've ever seen play hockey. Every time he moves, it is 10 feet up in the air. And I'm like, dude, keep that thing down. As I made this statement to Pat, he then went to the front of the net and immediately tipped the puck. And I was like, well, shows what I know. (laughs) Keep that stick up in the air, Dylan Holloway. But that does it for any talk about tonight's game. We turn the page. We move along. We go to Saturday, Liam. Where one o'clock matinee game, the Edmonton Oilers take on the Dallas Stars. So I want to ask you for a score prediction and anytime goal scorer and who's going in net. Oh, goodness sakes. Three super easy questions. Okay. Going in that, I think Pickard is, I think he's maybe a bit inevitable to go in the goal. I'll say Pickard and then they play Saturday, right? Yeah. And then the Oilers play Arizona on Monday. Okay, yep. sounds good. So yeah, <laughs> should probably we're going to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, pick it and goal. 
anytime goal scorer, I'll say Nuge. I could see them being Dallas in overtime. So I'll say overtime, four, three, uh, three, two in overtime. Nice. I like that. Get that extra point. Patty boy, what are you, what are you thinking on Saturday? I was afraid you were going to toss me into that. Um, <laughs> it's tough questions. <laughs> well, I haven't checked recently, but they, they, they got what, like nine goals tonight. So they're on a heater, oh, perfect. Um, which is great for us, but yeah, it's probably going to be bigger than that. Uh, let's just go with, I, I mean, I'm going go to score because that's the easy one and score prediction. Yeah. It's going to be close. Let's call it four three for Edmonton. I don't know if it would be overtime, but that would make it more interesting for sure. I like where Liam went with overtime for a little Saturday extra puck. So I'm going to say 3-2 Oilers overtime victory. And wow, looking at it, the Dallas Stars did put up a nine spot against the Nashville Predators tonight. Can anybody tell me what happened to Jake Ottinger? Because he didn't finish the game. Somebody in the chat, please let us know. I think we were a little... We, you were definitely occupied during the games as well, Liam. You were you were pulling double duty. You were an entertainer. But I'm going to say 3-2 Oilers overtime. And oh. what do you got? Uh, 6-3 San Jose. <laughs> It's like, are we, are we supposed to hear that? Something going on? Um, I'm saying for a goal scorer. I know what Liam, I'm riding off you. It's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think we're starting to find something here. He's throwing more pucks on net. So I like that. Well, Liam, I didn't like tonight's game. I didn't have a lot of fun. Felt very eerily similar to the beginning of the year, but I appreciate you. You're a trooper. You do not avoid the grind. My boy, you went hard tonight. You've earned yourself a nice cold beer. Or a nice bite to eat right after. Why don't you use DoorDash? Order your favorite comfort food, cheesecake. I know the answer to that one. Mm-hmm. I want to give a thank you to our sponsors, Alberta Blue Cross, Greta Bar Yeg, and DoorDash. And of course, Betway 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. Liam, you can see you and I tomorrow at 1201 Mountain Standard Time right here on the Oilers Nation YouTube channel as we get ready for Oilers Nation <coughs> every day. Cheering you up for a big weekend. Saturday game, going to have pre-gaming at noon, after dark, or I guess middle of the day, Oilers Nation after middle of the day. We'll do that one. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday morning, Liam, I'll see you at the airport. Actually, wait, no, I'll see you before when I come and pick you up. There Don't forget me. Yeah, there it is. All right, everybody, on your way out, smash that like button. If you want to do us a favor, make sure you're subscribed. I appreciate every one of you. Calvin Pickard, get some rest because I think you're starting on Saturday. Good night, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 